Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Maxine Beneva-Clark is an author and a mum. She writes about race and confronts the issues that are present in our everyday lives. Her award-winning memoir, The Hate Race, was about growing up black in white suburban Australia. She also writes and illustrates children's books. Her latest is called When We Say Black Lives Matter. Hi, Maxine. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me on. Can I um, ask you a little bit about your cultural background? Because I think it's quite illustrative of all the different cultural ties that comes with being a person of colour, particularly in Australia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I was born in Australia. My parents were both born in the West Indies. So my mum in Guyana on the coast of South America and my dad in Jamaica. But both of them grew up in London. So their families migrated there when they were about four or five, both of them. And of course, the the um, black diaspora in Jamaica and Guyana, where my parents were born, are kind of, I guess, the legacy of the transatlantic slave trade uh, in terms of, you know, their descendants. So I kind of say I'm from everywhere. (laughs) 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 So many continents, you know. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean about it being illustrative, I think, of Australia. I mean, there are many um, people of colour. We've obviously got our First Nations people, but then there are other cultures from all around the world and everyone might have a different relationship with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and at the risk of asking you a very big question that <laughs> that is very hard to answer, yeah. um, do you have a sense of how the Black Lives Matter movement translates to a multicultural country like Australia? I mean, I think first and foremost, Black Lives Matter in Australia is about recognising that this is black land, you know, that sovereignty here was never ceded. And all of that, all that that means in terms of, you know, wealth disparities, health disparities between non-Indigenous Australians such as myself and Indigenous Australians. Mm-hmm. Um, And at the same time, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter is a movement that was started by three African-American women. And, you know, it is about black African diaspora as well in terms of, I suppose, a unifying movement across the world um, in places where, you know, historically people of African descent have been oppressed. So I think it means many things to many different people here. Why did you want to explain this phrase to your children or to children generally, I should say? I think it was watching the Black Lives Matter protests unfold during, I made this book during the first lockdown in Melbourne, um, the COVID-19 lockdown. And I found myself when the evening news was on turning off the television a lot of the time when there were reports about, you know, the murder of George Floyd and Aboriginal deaths in custody and all of these reports that were kind of happening at the time um, or, or, you know, marches and protests. And, you know, sometimes we would watch the news and my my kids are 10 and 14, so they're a lot older really than the target age group for this book. But I would find myself, you know, thinking we we can't have this running all the time. You know, Mm. I want them to always be looking at people that look like them being brutalised and being killed and be, you know, having to really just fight for their lives in terms of what people were marching for. 
And so I suppose the idea was born out of that and out of thinking of my broader family. So, um, you know, my mum's side of the family have settled all over the world, including in Germany and Barbados, in the UK, in the US. And so I wanted to, I suppose, create a text that could exist in any of those places put into the hands really of any child, not necessarily a black child, but any child who, you know, is engaging with this or, or, you know, I suppose every child in a sense is engaging with this because it's at the forefront of of politics and of global discussions at the moment and have some sense of, well, what are these people marching for? And, you know, what does Black Lives Matter mean? What what are they talking about? I'm always curious when people take on doing a picture book like this um did you have to find the words like did you have to articulate what this meant yourself to your kids before you started on the book and was it easier to write a whole book than find the words because I only ask this because I find even there are things that I understand deep down and are very logical to me and that I can rationally speak about with other adults, sometimes I just can't find the words for my kids. And in particular with Black Lives Matter, there is so much, there's so much trauma in it. Did you have to try and explain it yourself? Did you have to articulate it yourself before you wrote the book and which was easier? Yeah. Yes, I think, you know, I mean, I was thinking about, okay, what are the things we talk about when we say Black Lives Matter? And, you know, things like we're talking about history and historically what's happened to Black people. We're talking about community and mobilising people to to march or, or to be activists. But we're also talking about the strength of Black people and the fact that, you know, despite hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression, we're still here. You know, the, the fact that Black Lives Matter, that cry is also a joy and a triumph. And I think I had to try and articulate it to myself and then try and articulate it in a way that is not necessarily, you know, difficult for kids in terms of showing the sorrow of the Black Lives Matter movement but also the joy. And I think because it's a book for multiple ages, so Mm. really I would say between age three and age 12. Yeah. My daughter is 10 and, you know, she has kind of read the book. And of course, the older you are, the more you see, particularly in the illustrations. A lot of the time I kind of, I suppose, put things in the illustrations that I didn't really allude to in the text. Yeah. So, you know, in one illustration, for example, there's a mother and a child that are bending down towards police tape looking sad and, you know, I had this idea that, okay, well, a three or four-year-old will just see people looking sad. Yes. A child of 10 or 11 will, will recognise the police tape, will know what it is, and will probably have consumed enough news just in going about their normal lives to be able to make inferences from that. And what was it like um, writing a book like this in lockdown um, because you're based in Melbourne and have had one of the strictest or the strictest lockdowns in the country so far. What was it like completing the book and then being able to get it out into the world this year, you know, when it's been such a crazy year? 
Yeah, I mean, it was very strange. And picture books, this this from the inception, the idea of me kind of ringing my publisher and saying I had this idea for a book to getting it on the shelf was less than six months, which <laughs> publishing moves very, very slowly. You know, it's usually at least an 18-month period. And I don't think that would happen had I not been confined to the house. <laughs> <laughs> And all the other things like, I, you know, sometimes I do school visits and, of course, all of those dropped away because yep. schools were closed. So it was kind of a lot of other work dropping away and me thinking, you know what, now is the time, you know, and I have the time. Uh, but, you know, it was things like working on my kitchen table on these illustrations while my kids were homeschooling at the other end of the table. Since you wrote your memoir, The Hate Race, um, which was about your own childhood really growing up in Australia, you have done quite a few picture books focusing on things like race, like when we say Black Lives Matter. I know that it's probably just a drop in the ocean when it comes to books that are multicultural and, and that are showing other faces. But do you feel that Australia is changing culturally? Do you feel that Australia is getting better when it comes to representations of race in kids' books and how much hope do you have, I guess, for the children who are growing up now and how they'll relate to race when they're our age? There are definitely, there's definitely progress from when I was a child. You know, when I was a child, you know, gosh, 40 years ago trying to find a black protagonist in a picture book in Australia would have probably almost been impossible, partly because there was no internet age, you know, so you couldn't just hop online and order something to be delivered. I remember, you know, if we would go overseas or my parents would go overseas, that would be when we would pick up one or two picture books that had black faces in them. I think the picture book space has changed, you know, particularly pub- publishers like Magabala Books, um, who are an Indigenous imprint who specialise in First Nation stories, have made a huge difference in Australian publishing. But I mean, I, it is still more, it's still easier to walk into a bookstore in Australia and find a children's book with an anthropomorphized animal <laughs> or a Paddington bear or a proper dog than it is to find a child of colour. Um, oh my goodness. So, yeah, I don't, I think. Still work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think kids are changing though? Because I know that for yourself, you would have come across some kids that just had no idea how to be open and accepting of difference. Do you think we're getting better at that? I mean, I feel like definitely the world is a more global place. And I think, um, you know, we're all more aware of who our neighbours are. The face of Australia is actually changing I don't know if it's necessarily anything outside of that. You know, the fact that kids see who's on the street, they see who's in their classrooms. Mm. I was growing up, I was growing up in a very white picket fence area of um, New South Wales. There was also that sense of shock that, you know, you'd walk down the street and people would stare. And I think that's a wonderful thing that Picture Books does is, You know, picture books, they're the way our kids first see the world. You know, kids can't move about by themselves. It's not like they can travel. (laughs) You know, how do we expect them to learn about the world? Through books. And so Mm. I think 
you know, there's kind of this mantra that diverse kids need diverse books and black kids need black books, which is true. But I also think it's doing other kids such a disservice to only give them books with kids that look like them. You're just limiting their worldview right from the outset. And, you know, we want kids who are globally minded, who are engaged with all kinds of different people and who can hold their own, really, because they're the ones that are going to shape the future. So I suppose I see picture books as the chance, as as a really almost like an early intervention, you know, of showing kids a little bit of what the world is about, as well as hopefully just being a beautiful, well-told story. Yeah. Maxine, it's a fantastic book. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks again for having me on. That's Maxine Beneva-Clark. She's an author and illustrator, and the book is called When We Say Black Lives Matter. There'll be links in the notes of this episode for where you can get a copy of the book. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.